Hey friends, you're listening to the First Bites Baby Led Weaning and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Hillary McMahon, an early childhood registered dietitian, mom, and your biggest cheerleader when it comes to gaining confidence around serving foods to your little one. If you're hoping to master baby led weaning and help your little one learn to eat successfully, then you're in the right place. I believe that every child may respond differently to food, but that all children have the ability to have a positive relationship with food when given the opportunity. Every week we'll explore practical tips to simplify the baby led weaning process, chat about how to navigate all your baby and toddler mealtime challenges, and help you find the right mindset and approach for your family so you can focus on actually enjoying the process and having fun with this. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the podcast. This is my last episode for season one, and honestly, I'm feeling a bunch of mixed emotions about it because I love, love, love this podcast space so much, and it's it's just such a fun way to bring you content, and I feel like I can share so much more in a setting like this than somewhere like social media or something like that. Um, but at the same time, it's a lot of work. So full disclosure, I I don't outsource for editing and uploading and like all of the podcast, you know, behind the scenes things that some businesses do. I do it all on my own right now, which is really fun. Like I love going through and editing and listening to everything again and making sure it sounds great, but it's very time consuming. So I'm going to be taking about a month off between now and season two, which if you're new here can give you a chance to go back and listen to older episodes from this season, because I promise you there are a lot of good ones if you haven't heard them all. I have a lot of really exciting things coming up this month, including dun dun dun, the launch of my very first ebook. So, the ebook is a brand new guide called Your Baby Led Weaning Serving Guide. And it's, oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's all about how to prepare and serve different foods to your little one starting at age six months using the baby led weaning serving method style. So, technically, it's a guide for six to 12 month olds, but it can totally be used for toddlers as well because obviously safe serving methods are always important when feeding little ones. So it has guides on over 110 different foods and how to serve them, plus some other printable tip sheets on food allergies, choking hazards, planning calendars, etc. Um, I have a couple other things in there for you as well. I have already given it to my clients. So my First Foods Academy and Toddler Foods Academy families already have access to this. One of my clients already had mentioned to me when she saw it that she is obsessed with the call-out boxes at the bottom of each of the individual food-serving pages. So for example, let's just use cantaloupe for an example. Um, So cantaloupe shows photos of how to serve it plus examples listed for how to serve for six to nine month olds, nine to 12 month olds. And then I have a box at the bottom of each page that also gives you additional information like, you know, how to add it to a recipe or other important safety information, information about meal prep and batch cooking, how to add additional nutrients, things like that. When I talked to her, she had already used the guide two times in one morning to serve her son breakfast, which is so exciting. That guide launches on September 1st, so I'll be using the rest of August to get it up and running for you, and also a lot of September to focus on that launch as well. So yes, a short break, moral of the story here, is a short break from focusing time and energy on the podcast. 
but I already have a bunch of fun and helpful episodes ready to go for season two, and I can't wait for you to hear them. If you want to get on the waitlist for that ebook before I forget that topic, I dropped the link in the show notes for you, and if you're listening to this after September 1st, I'll have edited the show notes with the link to actually purchase the ebook instead of get on the waitlist. But if you are li- listening prior to September 1st, definitely get your name on that waitlist because I'll be sending a discount code for $10 off on launch day. So that's super exciting too. Okay, so now on to today's scheduled content. I was talking to a friend, Akira, a few weeks back. Akira, I know you listen to the podcast, so shout out to you for pushing this topic early on in the history of First Bites Baby Led Weaning and Beyond podcast. But Akira has twin girls that are a little over a year now, and she has navigated a lot of anxieties around mealtime with feeding not just one mouth, but two, and rightfully so, right? As we all know around here, feeding little ones can be really overwhelming and just generally a lot. Anyway, Akira and I were talking about how challenging it can be to figure out how feeding at daycare meshes with feeding at home. A lot of times there are set schedules at daycare that don't always align at home, a certain number of snack times that don't always align with what you do at home. That was a very specific thing in her situation. And feeding practices that are often different too. She mentioned to me how when her girls were younger that it felt so hard to trust someone else with the care of feeding her girls safely the way that she knew she could do at home. And most of us here probably know how challenging it can be to manage baby led weaning and starting solids in your own kitchen and home, right? It can be a lot to make sure the foods are prepared correctly. Insert plug for my new ebook guide. Um... It can also be a lot to make sure you know what you're doing and that you're doing things safely and, you know, to watch them as they're eating so you can make sure they're eating safely and also finding time to eat with them so that you can model it, right? It's just a lot overall to adapt to, especially coming off of, you know, just solely breastfeeding and or bottle feeding. A lot of moms make this decision to skip baby led weaning because of not wanting to worry about doing it at daycare or have someone else do it for them right? They kind of feel like it's an all or nothing thing. If I can't do this at daycare or when someone else is caring for my child, like why should I do it at all? And sometimes, you know, moms are thinking that they're burdening the daycare staff with doing something a bit differently than what they're used to. They might think about it's too much to ask. They might think it can be hard to trust others with feeding safety like you're doing at home. Maybe this concern sounds familiar and you're not sure what to do with feeding in daycare. Or maybe it sounds familiar because you have a family member or a babysitter watch your baby and you're like, oh, I don't know how they're going to feed them either. I'll be honest. I have heard so many people say that baby-led weaning is only for stay-at-home moms and families. And this is simply just so not true. No matter your work situation, it can be done. And in fact, many of the families I work closely with through First Foods Academy and Toddler Foods Academy, which are my course and support coaching combo programs. A lot of these families send their babies to a family member's house or daycare multiple times each week or, you know, for the full week. And even if not, they likely eventually have someone else watching or feeding their baby if they're going to be away or out and about and have a sitter, right? For families specifically using daycare or in-home care, we discuss several strategies based on their individual needs. So it's always a custom experience, right, depending on the daycare or the child care setting. And then we have these families implement them. And so far, all the families that I've worked with through this process are doing great. Are there hiccups along the way? Sure. But together, we work through adjusting strategies or 
coming up with ways to have conversations in order to make this a safe and continually successful process for your child. With a few planning strategies and some open communication, baby led weaning and daycare can honestly go hand in hand perfectly well. And I'm going to give you some advice on how to do that for yourself too. Like I said, I work one-on-one with First Foods Academy students customizing this and figuring out how to make it work for their families and their specific daycare setting. But I wanted to let you in on some of those general, you know, overarching pieces of advice as well, because I know it's something that a lot of us struggle with figuring out how to do. So here are a few tips to get you started. I'll kind of walk through them and then I'm going to give you sort of like an anecdotal story experience from one of my clients so you can get a picture of how this all put is put together. So tip number one is start by offering babies first meals at home. In the early days of baby led weaning, only one meal per day is actually all that's needed. So save this meal for when you are at home, maybe in the evening, so you don't have to even think about foods at daycare until your baby is a little more skilled. Usually using the methodology I follow, it makes sense to do one meal for the first three to five weeks or so and then introduce a second meal while simultaneously, you know, dropping a nursing or bottle feeding session. So if you can start out with a good solid month or so of getting your baby acclimated to solid foods and working on your own confidence in their abilities too, that can be huge for then sending your baby to daycare, them being a little more confident in their own abilities to eat as well as yours in, you know, how well they will do with it. Tip number two is have a conversation with one or more of the staff members of the daycare to discuss whether or not they support baby-led weaning. It will be helpful for you to figure out what they're willing to do, how comfortable they are with it, if they've done it with other babies before, etc. So from experience with clients, I have had some people say that they are not able to do any type of baby led weaning for under a certain age, just for liability's sake, at daycares. And some of the daycares are more than okay with it and actually encourage it. I had someone recently tell me that their daycare actually sent every family home with a packet of information on baby led weaning. You can also use a meeting time like this to discuss your expectations about allowing baby to self-feed, what types of cups you can send in, things like that. So in this conversation, you really can see if you can come to an agreement or compromise if there is some pushback. Tip number three is understand where your comfort level is on having another person be in charge of baby led weaning in your absence. So if you're apprehensive with having someone else help, you may need to find your own confidence in this process first. Like I mentioned in tip number one, a lot of times the more you practice self-feeding at home, and you actually see your child's ability levels, it gives you more confidence in knowing that they can handle what they're doing. I get it, though, that, you know, someone watching over eight babies in a daycare setting might be not as diligently watching for safety as you can do in your own home one-on-one, but the more you practice, the easier it should be for you to trust. If you're not yet ready for others to be in charge while your baby is eating, maybe introduce that second meal at home first. So, You know, some families I work with might get their baby up a little bit earlier to do an early breakfast before daycare and then dinner once they're home for the night. If that's too stressful during the week, do a few weeks of just two meals on the weekends, right? So continue with that evening meal at home and then add in maybe a breakfast or a lunch at home before you check back in with your confidence and then you can see if you're ready to send food to daycare. 
This is where having a support system and coach can honestly be super helpful. I've helped a lot of moms through the fears of having others help their babies eat. Since, like I said, it's not just daycare, but also grandparents, aunts and uncles, babysitters. There's other people that help to feed your child as well. A little self-plug there, but I'm usually pretty good at helping you find that confidence and just navigating what that process can look like in your specific situation. So tip number four is send familiar foods to daycare when you are sending foods. Introducing new foods is fun and exciting, but it's honestly best to save those things for at home. Send in foods which you know your baby does well with and has had before for multiple reasons. Number one, you know they're not allergic to said food, which is obviously important. We don't want to have any allergic reactions at daycare if we can help it. And also, you know they have handled that texture well. So this is important for several reasons, too. If you know that they've handled the texture well, it can help boost your own confidence in having someone else feed that food to your child because you've watched them successfully eat it. And also, for babies that may be, you know, slower in taking to new foods, you know that it's one they're more comfortable with and more likely to eat. If they're likely to go after food on their own, it decreases the risk of caregivers and teachers feeling the need to spoon feed or pressure baby into eating more. Not all daycare staff will do that. Honestly, I don't want to paint that picture because it's not black and white. Like that's just, you know, some instances where that may happen. Um, But it's not out of the question, right, for someone to be like, oh, they're not eating it. Let me try to help. So if that's the case and we want to make sure baby is more likely to gravitate towards something, send familiar stuff. It's also not to say that your baby's grandmother might also do the same thing when she's with baby. So just all around, it's always a good idea that if someone else is feeding your child, send familiar things that you know your baby likes. Number five, tip number five is send in supplies for your baby's meal. So whether that be plates, bowls, spoons, cups, bibs, whatever, so that the daycare center or in-home daycare has everything they need to make the meal successful. If you're asking your provider to do something outside the norm of their normal feeding routines, aka if you're asking them to do baby-led weaning when they normally don't or when not all of the babies there do it, one of the most courteous things you can actually do is supply them with all the equipment they need. Some daycares won't want this because they have their own, you know, things, but you can use that planning meeting we talked about to identify what to do here. You can find out what plates they use, what cups they use, etc. So you can say, yes, I want those or no, I don't. Please, can I send my own? And so, you know, I say this specifically with cups in mind, as I know some daycares will use sippy cups and many families doing baby led weaning opt out of sippy cups and opt for open and or straw cups instead. Tip number six, plan ahead. Come up with a routine to plan out foods to send for the week so you know what's going to daycare each day. That way you don't have any surprises and end up, you know, sending something baby hasn't had yet or something they don't do as well with. Another part of the planning could be looking at the daycare's weekly meal menu to see what on there your child could actually partake in if, you know, at that age they are serving menu items to your your child. Sometimes for the younger age they don't, but it depends on your daycare setting. Chances are you're going to need to ask for some modifications to that menu if you are using the daycare menu or ask for only parts of the menu early on if ordering from daycare just based on your baby's ability and what they've had before. If you go in with a plan and communicate that plan, you have a lower chance of the daycare, you know, having to make the decision for you and one that you didn't want them to make in the first place. So 
Okay, so those are my tips, and I want to share a little anecdote about one of my clients, Kim and her husband, Matt, who actually recently went through this entire process. So this is like perfect timing to share information with you. So their son started solids um, early on in May. He started with purees, and then they started working with me to sort of change their approach to baby-led weaning starting in early June. So Baby D started baby-led weaning in early June. And they have been doing breakfast and dinners at home for pretty much the whole summer now. But now that Baby D is more skilled with using his pincer grasp, they felt it was time to start letting him eat lunch at school slash daycare with his friends. So a few weeks back, they reached out to me to get my input on how this can best work. Kim sent me videos of Baby D's pincer grasp skills to assess if he was ready to move from larger strips of food to small bites of food specifically because they only serve small bites of food at daycare, not the large strips. And she was, you know, curious if he was ready to have food at daycare. She also got a few weeks worth of daycare menus to get input from me on what foods I thought might be safe for baby D to eat. After I assessed everything, including the videos of him eating and the menus, and we chatted, we decided to wait another week or two to give baby D more practice on using that pincer grasp which if you're not familiar with a pincer grasp, it's basically the ability of baby to use their pointer finger and thumb to pick up a piece of food. When you're giving a baby little pieces of food too early and they don't know how to do that yet and they're more so like scooping the food with their hands, that palmer grasp, that little tiny piece of food can get super frustrating. So he was really close on that pincer grasp, but we wanted to give him like a little bit more time just to get a little more skilled so he wasn't getting frustrated with foods at daycare. Typically, like I said, that pincer grasp appears between 8 to 10 months of age. Um, So he was right on the cusp of that, and we just wanted to give him a little more time. So in the meanwhile, they actually started sending some early-style baby-led weaning food served in the long finger-length strip sizes for him to start eating lunch at daycare so he could start to partake with eating eating with his friends but holding off on the, the menu items. So waiting a few extra weeks to start having him eat the daycare's food also gave Kim and Matt the ability to meet with the operations lead of their daycare to talk through what they want him to have from the menu and what they wish for him to not partake in. They used this meeting to hash out all of the details needed for baby D to successfully and safely eat while at daycare. So essentially, Kim and Matt used all of the steps we just discussed. They started serving Baby D meals at home so they could really watch his skills grow and develop their own confidence in trusting others to feed him because they trusted him in his own abilities. They also planned ahead by talking with me as their baby-led weaning coach and dietitian to get feedback on when Baby D was ready and if he was ready, as well as looking in advance at the daycare menu to really get a grip on what he'd be eating. They also set up a meeting with the daycare provider to figure out all the details, see what supplies were needed, and make sure Baby D's safety was the number one priority. And they sent some familiar foods while they were waiting for Baby D to be ready for daycare foods. So they sent in familiar things that he was comfortable with to get him started. So honestly, like I said, they used all those strategies, and so far it's going great. So when you're coming up with a plan and open to the communication side of things, this really can go very smoothly. Okay, so maybe you're thinking, what if my daycare is not okay with baby-led weaning? If your daycare is not comfortable doing baby-led weaning, you can use pre-packaged or homemade purees, you know, that are maybe like more of a naturally pureed texture. 
like yogurt or hummus, those things are perfectly okay to send frequently until baby becomes more skilled and or your daycare provider is more comfortable with serving smaller pieces of food. So remember that purees are also an important texture to master. Sometimes with baby led weaning, we think we can't serve purees. You absolutely can. We want to master that texture because it also gives them practice with their spoon or their hands, right? Babies eat purees with their hands too. But if you can't do baby led weaning at daycare, send naturally pureed textures or purees. In this situation, you can save your true baby led weaning with solid finger foods for your at-home meal and send the purees to daycare. As a compromise, you could ask your daycare provider to honor your expectation to still let baby self-feed from preloaded spoons though and not force baby to be spoon-fed or finish what you send so they still have that independence in their eating experience and to help them understand, you know, when am I full? When am I still hungry? A lot of times if daycares don't permit a true baby led weaning style, there is wiggle room with making compromise and that's where that meeting can be super helpful to hash out your expectations and your desires and see where they can meet you halfway. So I hope all of these ideas and tips were helpful. Again, they can honestly be used for daycare, but also leaving your child with babysitters, family, or even a spouse who maybe is not quite as comfortable with feeding the way you do. You might have to figure out some compromise, and this is where I like to remind people that baby-led weaning is not a black and white process. Ideally, if baby can self-feed at all times, that's ideal, so they don't get in the habit of expecting others to feed them. But we can still do so while serving what others may perceive as quote-unquote safer versions of food. All right, that's a wrap on today's episode and the last episode for season one of First Bites, Baby Led Weaning, and Beyond. Hang tight over the next month or so while I focus on getting this new ebook launched and in your hands, and I will be back before you know it with new and exciting First Bites episodes. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you're leaving this episode with a little more knowledge and a lot more confidence. You know what? You can do this. You can successfully and excitably feed your little one. I'm so here for it and I'm here for you when you need me. If you liked this episode, be sure to follow and subscribe to the First Bites Baby Led Weeding and Beyond podcast so you don't miss a single episode. By subscribing, new weekly episodes will appear right in your saved episodes so you don't have to go searching for them. Your support helps my podcast grow in more ways than you know. Thank you so much. If you want even more feeding and mealtime goodness, head over to my website, nutritionmama.com or follow me on Instagram at nutrition.mama with two M's. Thanks for tuning in and I'll meet you back here next week.